When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. I'm back. Rodriguez for our Black and White Network. We're going to talk about the Georgia election from 2018. Yeah, the last governor race between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams because a federal judge has come out and ruled against Stacey Abrams and her uh, fair fight group or pack or whatever you want to call it upholding Georgia voting law. Uh, she came out with a laundry list of reasons why. Uh, that election was not valid. She never did really concede. And um, it's funny how that works. On one side, it's okay. On the other side, it's not. Isn't that funny? I mean, she brought up a lot of issues that we keep being told is not even an issue. So I find that rather interesting. By the way, she calls herself disenfranchised in this. Uh, let, let's just see how disenfranchised she is. Uh, Stacey Abrams' fundraising uh, continues to accelerate, swamping Republican Governor Brian Kemp and pushing close to $50 million raised in seven months since the Georgia Democrat announced her campaign in December. This was um, Associated Press July 8th. So, yeah, close to $50 million. All right, Breitbart. U.S. District Judge Steve Jones... An Obama appointee, by the way, found that, quote, although Georgia's election system is not perfect, the challenge practices violate neither the Constitution nor the VRA, Voting Rights Act, according to a copy of the 288-page court decision shared by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Fair Fight Action, an affiliate of Abrams' founded PAC, Fair Fight, I wonder how much Soros is laying in the weeds on that, claimed in 2018, in a 2018 lawsuit, numerous, quote, serious and unconstitutional flaws in Georgia's voting election process related to absentee ballots, voter registration, and voter list management. The group acknowledged certain voting practices in the state disenfranchised racial minorities, but many of the claims had already been thrown out over the last four years. Now, that's the group that, that alleged this, okay? Not, not the court. So the group alleged that there was uh, voting practices that disenfranchised racial minorities. We know that's not a fact. I mean, they, they call uh, presenting a, an ID racist at this point, okay? So we'll understand what we're working with. But many of the claims had already been thrown out over the last four years, including claims related to long lines, voting machines, inadequate poll worker training. Man, we see long lines everywhere uh, with ballots uh, uh, in voting. Ballot rejections and large-scale voter registration cancellations. One of the claims left hanging in the balance was the state's, quote, exact match voter registration process disproportionately affected black voters. 
Jones shot down right, that writing. Here, plaintiffs have not provided direct evidence of a voter who was unable to vote, experienced longer wait times, and was confused by the voter process, uh, voter registration status. So that's the thing. I mean, the Democrats are essentially trying to act like black people are idiots and don't know how to vote, which, you know, is in itself racist in all this, but that seems to get lost by everybody. The lawsuit followed Abrams delivering a notorious non-concession speech after a loss to Kemp in 2018, saying that at the time, the state failed its voters. <laughs> that's, an, that's interesting, considering how much trash people have talked about Donald Trump. Democracy failed Georgia. This is not a speech of concession, because concession means an acknowledge of action is right, true, or proper. While Abrams acknowledged in the speech that Kemp would be the certified government, she accused him of suppressing votes to achieve his victory. Come on. Lose with some clash class uh abrams pointed to jones ruling friday as a reason to elect her in a rematch this november quote this states this case demonstrates that the 2022 election will be a referendum on how our state treats its marginalized voters the fair fact action lamented the ruling stating that while the four-year legal battle resulted in significant pro-voter developments the group nonetheless was disappointed by the court's decision Kemp said in a statement of the court ruling that Abrams, a well-funded national figure, we just went over that, who had been floated as a Democrat presidential contender, God help us all, from day one, used this lawsuit to line our pockets and sow the distrust in Democratic institutions and build their own celebrity. So in other words, she used all this, this stuff involving voting and the discourse to uh, make herself into a bit of a Democratic celebrity, a grifter. Uh, Judge Jones' ruling exposes this legal effort for what it really is, a tool wielded by politicians hoping to wrongfully weaponize the legal system to further her own political goals. Kemp cited in the law last year the state's high-profile Election Integrity Act, that is the Jim Crow 2.0 law that Biden was talking about, that literally saw record voter turnouts and completely was uh, discounted and dismissed. I mean, there was no factual basis of that being racist at all, and it was proven by the turnout of the voter, uh, the votes. I mean, that just is what it is. High-profile Election Integrity Act, despite vehemently opposing opposition from uh, Abrams, other prominent Democrats, and their corporate allies. Uh, so, and uh, that's the uh, that's the one where Major League Baseball decided to pull out of Georgia because of the new voter integrity law. And now we found out that like mail-in balloting and, and all these other things, there's been a massive, massive influx of votes. It's like a record record vote voting uh, uh, amount of people that's voted at this point. I mean, it totally, they have been statistically disproven that that Election Integrity Act had any, any negative influence on voting whatsoever. Look, people of... All races realize you should show a voter ID. All right. If you've got any common sense at all, you should have to prove who you are to vote in an election in this country or county or state or anywhere else. That's just the way it is. It's funny. She didn't want to accept this. She didn't want to accept the, uh, the results in all of this. But yet, they'll get on TV. They won't even bring this up. Most likely the mainstream media, but they'll run their mouth about you know who, 
and everything that went on in the shenanigans in 2020. That's the way this works. I mean, you want to talk about disproportionate? How about media coverage and things like that? So, ha-ha, Stacey Abrams. You lost again. Tell me what you think. Black and white network supporters disenfranchised $50 million in campaign donations. Like I said, there's a Soros laying in the weeds somewhere. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriance for Black and White Sports. Another day, another Antonio Brown fiasco. Now, yesterday on the other sports channel, I did a video about Antonio Brown at a pool in Dubai exposing himself to a woman and flipping her over in the pool and doing all this crazy things. And uh, somehow, some way, Antonio Brown has... Uh, decided to try to parlay that over into a another NFL job are you kidding uh, the lack of self-awareness is glaring here when it comes to Antonio Brown um, and his antics and he also made a statement a rant about the incident um, that doesn't jive with what the New York Post actually said yesterday when they broke the story and in case you're forgetting, he, he says a little something in here about, uh, I guess, him and the woman were actually, they wasn't so much together as she was more receptive. And um, it says here, sources say the woman was visibly upset, later spotted inside the hotel ye- yelling and complaining to others about the incident. That doesn't sound like somebody that was down for a good time. This is Fox News. Antonio Brown uses lewd incident to push for an NFL job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Antonio Brown is back under the microscope after an incident in Dubai. He used the moment to signal an effort to get back in the NFL. <sighs> All right. The former Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver who left the team in the middle of a game at the end of the 2021 season was seen in a video fully nude at a hotel pool. The New York Post, which obtained the video of the incident, I'm not going to play it because YouTube nailed us on it, reported that the incident had taken place on May 14th and that the free agent NFL player had been kicked out of the hotel. Brown wrote a crude tweet in response to the controversy on Sunday. Quote, I'm telling every team that needs some offense to pick up A.B. because he's shown that he still has the ability to expose the D. Yeah. Okay. On Saturday, he seemingly called the report disinformation. It's crazy to me that even after I retired, there's disinformation coming out about me. Ironically, during a time when the NFL is getting heated for allowing players to play, when they're clearly concussed, they've been using black men as guinea pigs, Brown wrote. We're making this racial? What? How and why is that happening, A.B.? Every chance they get to sway the heat off themselves, they use me. Okay, so he's literally saying the NFL is now using Antonio Brown to distract 
from Tuatonga Vailoa? And all the, all the, everything going on there? I don't think so. In the video, you can clearly see she runs off with my swim trunks. If roles were reversed, the headlines would have read, A.B. having a wild night with a nude female. Didn't she have on a swimsuit? I don't think she was nude. Yet, when it's me, it automatically becomes a hate crime. Huh. Brown was cut by the Buccaneers following an outburst in January. He claimed he was injured at the time and was being coaxed to play. Buccaneers de- uh, denied the allegations. And I just can't see, uh, you know, there's there's also things in here. I mean, she's got a swimsuit on right there. Uh, we've watched the video. It's over on the other channel. That channel was able to, to show the video, and the main channel wasn't. I don't know why. Uh, but he he's flipping her over, and then, yeah, he does expose himself uh, very obviously and blatantly. And, and, you know, in that title, I said, well, his NFL career is now officially over because things like this just land differently when it's on video, okay? You know, like the Ray Rice incident. It was on video. It landed a lot different. Yeah, look, I thought prior to yesterday there was still a very minuscule chance that somebody like Jerry Jones would take a run because, look, Antonio Brown runs like a gazelle. He does. He's one of the most talented wide receivers I've ever seen in my entire life, and he would have been this close to getting in the Hall of Fame if he could have just kept it together another couple of years. He would have been going to the Hall, antics and all, okay? I mean, it's not like the Hall of Fame is against having uh, diva wide receivers, you know, in the halls, but... Man, you walked out, you quit on your team on video, New York Jets against that against the Jets. Obvious, t- tear your shirt off, throw it, all of this kind of thing. You go into a rap career. It just seems that everything else is a priority for Antonio Brown other than playing in the NFL. Kind of seems like that for the last couple of years. I mean, to not realize that, look, you were playing with Tom Brady. Okay, and that Buccaneers team last year was good. I think if AB's playing on that team, we're talking about a different narrative at the end of the season in the playoffs. I truly do, because he was move, he helped move the chains. But this kind of thing, and then not to have the wherewithal to come out and issue an apology or something, but instead try to try to swing it over into an NFL job somehow. I don't know what kind of mental gymnastics that 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 entails to be able to make that leap, thinking that's going to happen. Wow. It's crazy. Tell me what you think, black and white sports supporters. Antonio Brown does it again. Oh, peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Matrixton Roadshow fans, we are back with another video and we're going to be talking about the box office because the box office is complete trash. It is really, really just complete trash, folks. Um, Last week, we uh, actually talked about the Woman King uh, finishing on number one at the box office. He made a pathetic $19 million. 
I'm not even sure if it's actually going to really even make a profit. But guys, check this out. Look at the box office. Number one movie was uh, Smile. And Woman King actually came in third. And we're going to be talking about mainly in this video, the fourth movie here called Bros. Now, this movie cost $22 million to actually produce. And it bombed at the box office. With only $4.8 million. It cost $22 million to actually make this movie. And it underperformed at the box office. And guys, it's actually about um two men that are gay and they're in a relationship with each other or something like that. Now, I got to be honest, I didn't actually hear about this movie, but the guy who actually um starred and wrote the movie. Guess who he's blaming for the box office failure? You guessed it, folks. Straight people. Billy Eichner, who actually wrote and starred in this movie, put this out on Twitter here. He said, last night I snuck in and sat in the back of a sold out theater playing bros in L.A. The audience howled with laughter uh, start to finish, burst into a clause at the end, and some were wiping away tears as they walked out. It was truly magical. Really, I'm very proud of this movie. And then he goes on and because of the bots office, he ends up tweeting this out. That's just the world we live in, unfortunately, even with glowing reviews, great Rotten Tomato scores and a cinema score, etc. Straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing. But it is what it is. And this is the kicker here, folks. Everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo. Should go see bros tonight. You will have a blast. And it is uh, special and uniquely powerful to see this particular story on a bit screen, especially for queer folks who don't get this opportunity often. I love this movie so much. Go bros. Unbelievable, guys. So straight people are the reason why this movie flopped at the box office. And he wants you to know. That you're pretty much homophobic if you don't actually go and see this movie. Now, guys, I have no desire to actually go and see the movie. I didn't even know the movie even exists. It doesn't look like a movie that I want to go see, but that doesn't make me homophobic. It doesn't. Now, he's right about the Rotten Tomatoes score, but you guys know how Rotten Tomatoes is. And it may be a funny movie. It may be a, a good movie. I'm not really sure. I'm just not going to see it. Because it just doesn't look like something that I'm interested in. With the critics has a 91% and with the audience, it has um, a 92%. So the people that actually went to see it actually did enjoy it. Now, keep in mind, this movie is pretty much made for the LGBT community, which actually represents about what? um, Two, three percent of the total population. But he's blaming straight people. I'm willing to bet, folks. He said that straight people, certain parts of the country did not show up. Guess what? The vast majority of all people, like 96, 97 percent of people that went and saw this movie were probably straight people because that's just the demographics of the country. And I'm pretty sure, folks, that uh, in the Middle East, this movie won't even be allowed to be shown. Try showing this movie in Saudi Arabia. Not going to happen. Try showing this movie in China. Not going to happen. 
But this movie looks like it's probably going to end up losing money. There won't be a whole lot from overseas to major markets, Middle East, China. It won't be shown there. It won't be shown. This movie's not going to make money. But hey, he's blaming straight people. Why don't you uh, blame the alphabet people for not going out and see it? I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of alphabet people that did not go out and see this movie. But you see, this is the problem, man. This is what happens, man. When movies don't perform well, there's always a built-in excuse. You see the racism, sexism, homophobia. These are the things that they that Hollywood actually puts out there. These are the built-in excuses for why movies don't do well. This is pathetic, guys. This is really, really pathetic, but this is not a surprise whatsoever. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Matrix and Roadshow fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, black and white sports fans, we're going to be talking about Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Yes, we're revisiting this. I believe it was roughly like a year ago when uh, the news broke that a um, a conversation about um, Maria Taylor uh, from um, Rachel Nichols at ESPN and another colleague was actually recorded. And it was leaked to the New York Times and the New York Times uh, put that out there for the whole world to actually read. And uh, eventually Rachel Nichols was no longer at ESPN. She was actually pulled from all programming. And now she's actually landed at um, Showtime. And Maria Taylor, man, she actually tried to use that situation with um, Rachel Nichols to actually become um, the highest paid person at ESPN. Stephen A. Smith style. She wasn't that. She jetted out. She's over there at NBC. Well, Rachel Nichols went on all the smoke podcasts with uh, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. And she kind of dropped something here about being spied on over here on OutKick. Rachel Nichols says ESPN co-worker spied on her before Maria Taylor leak. Now, the reason she's saying that folks is because um, in 2020, uh, the Marxist NBA China went into that NBA bubble. And um, Rachel Nichols is actually um, hosting from a hotel room new equipment and the equipment kept recording and ESPN, somebody ESPN obviously got a hold of it. And um, that person leaked their information to the New York times to tape. Well, let's listen into uh, what Rachel Nichols actually had to say, man, because we know this was some woke on woke crime. Maria Taylor woke ESPN woke Rachel Nichols woke. And with uh, Rachel Nichols being the uh, the white person, obviously that was not going to go very well for her uh, once that um, that audio leaked out. So let's go ahead. Let's listen in to what uh, Rachel Nichols had to say. Let's play it. And around the same time, I got a phone call asking me, would I step aside for Maria to host the NBA finals? and have me go back to being a sideline reporter. 
And they stressed it was my choice. They weren't telling me to do this because it was in my contract, but they were putting a lot of pressure on me. You know, I was being told, well, you're not a team player. Like, hey, I worked so long, decades for this job. I have done everything that was asked. We put on some great shows leading up to the playoffs and I wanted a chance to do it. And at this time, I was also getting ready to leave for the bubble and went down there. And it was a different set of equipment than I had been using to broadcast at home. So my very first day, I'm there, I'm using the new equipment. And I didn't know that if you leave a particular app running in the background, that the line from my hotel room, looking into my hotel room to Bristol would stay open. So I thought I was done for the day. I did the things you would do on your first day in a hotel room. I spent hours unpacking, um, called my husband, called, talked to my kids, uh, called some friends, called my doctor. And unfortunately, that entire time, nobody back at ESPN told me that there was an open line to my hotel room and anyone who looked at the feed could see me. No one shut it off decided, oh, she clearly doesn't know she's being watched unpacking or doing all these other things. Um, and at least one person uh, decided to just sit and watch and started spying on me like I was their own personal television show. And when they heard something they thought was juicy, they picked up their cell phone and they started recording my conversation on their cell phone. A personal conversation? Yeah. This was a conversation between me and a friend. We talked about a lot of different things. Um, but then he brought up the article that had been in the paper about the lack of opportunities for people of color at ESPN. And we started talking about how my situation may intersect with some of the race and gender history of a network that is, again, well-documented, is complicated history with both of those kinds of things and those issues. Okay, so there you have it, guys. Rachel Nichols claims she was spied on by somebody at ESPN, and then they leaked it over. Uh, she said here that um, ESPN asked her to step aside from uh, being the host of the NBA Finals to give it to Maria Taylor because, you know, you can never be woke enough. They wanted Maria Taylor on there strictly because she was black, even though in Rachel Nichols contract, Rachel Nichols is the one that's supposed to be hosting the NBA finals. And they told her, well, you're not being a team player. You see, this is what happens when you play the woke game. It is a race to the most woke. And Rachel Nichols, she was out the door. However, Maria Taylor used that to her advantage and end up moving over to NBC. ESPN is a complete dumpster fire, folks. A complete dumpster fire. I'm not surprised, you know, it went down like this. I'm pretty sure that somebody probably spied on her at ESPN because the audio was out there. That audio was leaked. Uh, we did multiple videos on that um, on this channel a year ago. That NBA bubble, man, boy. Once the whole George Floyd thing happened, man, and also in this clip, um, she talks about the quote unquote murder of George Floyd. I'm not going to get into that. I digress. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys make of um, Rachel Nichols claiming that ESPN spied on her and then leaked the juicy audio to the New York Times? And of course, you know, 
The New York Times themselves are super duper woke as well. So you got four woke entities in this ESPN, Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor, New York Times. Yeah. You guys saw how everything played out. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for our Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about the original TB. That would be Terry Bradshaw, four-time Super Bowl champion with, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's really a legend. Uh, you can go back and look at his numbers, and they're not overwhelming, but he played in a wildly different time of quarterbacking, okay? Back in those days, if you completed 50% and you know threw for 2,800 yards or something, you were really doing something back then, and a lot of uh, touchdown-to-interception ratios were like one-to-one. I mean, now you couldn't stay on the field, but it was a much different game. Guys weren't wide open. There was a lot more uh, checking and just pure violence on the field back in those days. Well, last week, a lot of fans noticed that Terry Bradshaw, you know, he's a beloved uh, part of Fox's uh, pre- and post-game show. They noticed he was struggling last week. Well, there's a reason for that. He has now revealed it, and uh, it's pretty pretty shocking news, but... uh, Bradshaw is battling cancer. He is, and um, we're gonna we're gonna check this out. and And I didn't know this, and this came up in this um, this other article I found out here. So just keep this in mind when we're going through this. Bradshaw also opened up in the uh, up opened up in the past about dealing with attention deficit disorder. The seventy four year old also only has one lung. I did not know that. Something which he mentioned on his NFL show this weekend. And um, a lot of fans were really dragging him online and uh, because he was struggling. He was. Bro Bible. Terry Bradshaw is reacting to people talking about his health on social media. Last week, Bradshaw went viral on social media due to the fact that he struggled to get through in-game recaps without fumbling over his words. Fans were worried about Bradshaw's health and questioned whether he should still be working at Fox. Quote, Terry Bradshaw is having major problems in post-game shows on at NFL on Fox. It may be time for him to retire from broadcasting. Had to turn it off. He was messing up so much. Bradshaw just made a whole lot of noises, but I'm not sure any of them were actually words in a 29-person studio crew is it really necessary at this point, Fox? It hasn't been entertaining in 15 years. This guy gets pretty mean about it. He calls out Lee Corso and Terry Bradshaw. Look, Corso's had his own struggles lately. Bradshaw took to Facebook Live to talk about the shutdown, uh, to talk to the shutdown of the rumors about his health. The former Steelers quarterback turned broadcaster revealed that he is recovering from cancer treatments, but is currently cancer-free. Now, it's kind of weird because it 
he says the cancers aren't there, but I don't know. He doesn't go into, like, was it radiation or anything like that, surgery. Quote, people are saying that I'm sick and that I'm dying. Okay, so let's put that rumor to rest. I'm not sick and I'm not dying as I sit here and do this interview with you. I'm not going uh, to deny that I've had two bouts of cancer, one in November and a different one in March. Two different cancers. My first follow-ups are coming in 40 days or three weeks or something. So I will know how we're doing. But as of right now, the cancers are not there. Bradshaw went on to say that he does get winded while on the set and only wants to come forward so people would stop the rumors. He says, I have a lung issue from surgery where a nerve was blocked. And what is happening now is primarily asthma. When I get to California, which is where the Fox Studios are, I have a hard time out there. So I've been dealing with a lot of stuff. I don't figure it's anybody's business, and I'm not someone who wants to talk about it and have you out there going, woe is me, poor Terry. Yeah, he's kind of old school. He's a Louisiana guy. Uh, we we just don't like the woe is me stuff. Uh, no, I hate that. I am just telling you to shut everybody up. I don't feel like I need to explain all this, but I'm a little tired of the rumors. I'm tired of people talking about me, and I'm tired about uh, about people speculating that I'm dying because I lose my breath on the Fox show. And uh, and it's kind of interesting, too, because this just happened, too, uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, NFL legend Terry Bradshaw is selling his Oklahoma ranch for $22.5 million. Uh, the Thackerbill property, which includes an equine breeding facility, we know Terry's in the, in the horses, cattle and recreational facilities, clocks in at a whopping 744 acres and $22.5 million. Unfortunately, despite a series of contract extensions after repeated assurances and promises from the buyer, as well as his agents and other representatives, the buyer sadly fell through. Uh, so I guess he thought... He had it sold. The property and facilities are turnkey ready proposition for a major uh, equestrian player in the horse business and are continued as cattle or private recreational. Uh, so, uh, interesting, interesting. Um, the Bradshaws have already moved to a new home on a smaller farm in Texas where they would continue the, Brad, uh, the Bradshaw quarter horse business with stallions. Uh, so let's see, it says Oklahoma, but when you come down here, it says the ranch is an hour from Dallas, Fort Worth. Oh, okay. It may, it may, well, yeah, right. You go due North, um, coming out of Dallas, it's about an hour and maybe 10 minutes and yeah, you get to Oklahoma's border pretty quick. Uh, so I guess that's what they're talking about here. So there it is. Terry Bradshaw, that is why he is struggling. Two different bouts of cancer. I hate to hear that. I've been watching Bradshaw forever. My 91-year-old father, rest in peace. Um, he was a huge Terry Bradshaw fan. He absolutely loved Bradshaw. I mean, uh, we're from Texas. You know, we're all kind of a bunch of, you know, rednecks or southern boys here. And uh, we always liked Bradshaw and related to him. And he was very old school on the field. It seemed like they always wanted to replace him. And he just, he's a guy that started slow and battled and battled and battled 
until he started having real success in the NFL. Uh, so tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. I saw this and was like, wow, I'm doing this. Whether the video hits or not, uh, it's Bradshaw, and I think that's interesting. Wow. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Well, I saw this story, and I just couldn't believe it because we got a situation where a football coach looks like he supports a ban of the thin blue line flag. But the most surprising part about this, because does it really surprise me that a California a public school is looking to ban anything that supports law enforcement? No, that doesn't really surprise me. Uh, but what does surprise me is the fact that they're looking to ban this pro-police flag just two years after the police ran into a school to defend the school against a school shooting. I mean, look, when it comes to wokeness, uh, there's wokeness tied to tackiness, and this is about as tacky as you can get. Um, man, I find this pretty offensive myself as somebody that supports law enforcement, and I cannot believe there was not bigger pushback on this issue and the, the the football coach come out and said yeah he's doing it for wokeness just coming out and said it uh this is breitbart high school football team bars carrying the pro police flag onto the field football team at santa clarita california's Saugus high school has been informed they are no longer allowed to carry a thin blue line flag besides the U, beside the U.S. flag when they take the field. That's unbelievable. The team told the thin blue line flag is, quote, divisive, Fox 11 reported. William S. Hart Union High School uh, School District Superintendent Mike Coleman sent a letter, to, letter Wednesday to the school community explaining the ban on the pro-police flag the Los Angeles Times reported. The letter said, quote, just... Three short days ago, I became aware of a concern about this symbol. About this symbol? Come on. About this symbol flown at the Saugus High School football games. Despite emails for immediate action and threats of consequences, if certain steps weren't taken within a specific timeline, we determined to take our time to understand the issue accurately and respond thoughtfully. While parents at Saugus High School in Santa Clarita are having a, quote, Blue Lives Matter protests on October 7th after the football team announced they will no longer carry a thin blue line flag in support of law enforcement out onto the field. Uh, I mean, good, good. I'm glad the parents are at least voicing their opinion on it. He indicated that Saugus High School football coach Jason Bourne, Jason Bourne, supported the banning the flag. Coleman wrote, it occurred to Bourne that it's possible that some players on the team might not be entirely enthusiastic about a symbol that is being used to represent the entire team. Well, it looks to me like he could have possibly used this as a teaching point, a learning point with these uh, students that might feel that way and set them down and sort of explain what it truly represents. 
But I guess he didn't want to do that. He thought he might offend somebody on the football team. Really? How about offending the law, law enforcement that, that risked their lives to de- defend people like Jason Bourne? Brandy Rogantine, Rogantine, a Saugus High parent, recalled that law enforcement officers rushed into the school while everyone was rushing out during a November 14th, 2014 shooting on campus. Rogantine said one of the first responders was a parent who dropped up a kid at the time, and he literally saved some lives. The fact that the school is not honoring that is mind-blowing and disgusting. Superintendent Coleman used his letter to explain that Bourne supports the ban on the pro-police flag as a way to show deference to his commitment to inclusivity, kind, uh, kindness, and respect. Wow. How about respect for law enforcement? Unbelievable. That just this quick after law enforcement actually went into the school to defend it against people that were threatening the school on on campus shooting, they said uh, law enforcement literally saved lives. Now they're going to insult law enforcement by saying they're not going to uh, bring the flag out to the field uh, entering the football stadium. Uh, you know. The, the football coach could have just taken a stance that, you know, if you're offended by it, sorry, but we respect law enforcement on this football team. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He bent the knee, and he decided he was worried about his own backlash. I'm sure he was scared he might lose a couple of players on his team that might help him win some games. This is pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. I wanted to do a video on it, share it with you guys. Tell me what you think, black and white sports supporters. Not surprising, except under the circumstances that law enforcement was directly involved with with saving students in this school not that long ago. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.